The following is a recording from ACF Church in Eagle River, Alaska. If you would like to join us on a Sunday morning, we would love to have you be our guest. Service times are 9 and 11 a.m. We hope you'd consider partnering in the work God is doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you would like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can safely give by texting a donation amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's Word. Uh, Christmas Day, we're all sitting around, my husband and I, on the couch, got a new computer, so we're playing around, my oldest and my youngest are there in the room with us, and here comes my two middle kids up from the basement where our Christmas tree was set up, um, hollering, busted, we had no idea what they were talking about, so they had set the camera up to sketch Santa Claus putting out their gifts. Lo and behold, they didn't know mom and dad got busy wrapping presents before Santa arrived. So I immediately grabbed the video camera, rewind it, and hit record to record anything that was going on in the room because we knew what went on on that camera. And it was not gonna be a pretty scene for my kids. <laughs> so Larry and I now refer to sex as wrapping presents. So this experience got me thinking, what did I teach my kids about sex? What have I learned about sex? You know, growing up, my parents, sex was voodoo. Not to say it was bad, I was always taught no, without a reason, like just don't have sex. Um, and when my parents did find out I had sex with a guy, my dad sat the guy and I down and was like, go and sin no more, and left it at that. I was like, okay, you know, that's easy enough, and go and sin no more. Okay, we sin every day. I can always ask forgiveness. So, what do I do now? So with my kids, I didn't want to teach them no, because sex is natural. It's what everyone feels. So when we started talking about, you know, what are we going to teach our kids on having sex? So I've always told my kids, sex is good, sex is fun, but wait, wait until you're married. Now don't get me wrong, we did have no as a family value. No is such a harsh word in my book. Um, I grew up, no, you can't do this, no, no, no. So I never wanted to tell my kids no. I taught my kids in sign language, no. That way I didn't have to use the word. Um, so I wanted them to come talk to me. I wanted to be open about it and let them know where my eyes stood about it. And you know, and that way I can form a communication of with their boyfriends, their girlfriends on how we feel about sex in our family. And it's healthy, it's good, but it's great on the inside of a marriage. I have a 21 year old, 19 year old, 17 year old and a soon to be 15 and a 13 year old. Um, and to me, you know, maybe I'm naive, but they've come to me. My seventh year old was in a relationship for a while. Um, and we always had a discussion about sex and talking about it. And she's been very open about it. Her boyfriend knew where she stood. 
I'm open about it with him, with her. Like, no, we're not having sex, you know? And it, crazy to say, it turns into like a joke in our house, but they know I'm not joking. They know I like to have fun and cut up. Um, like I said, I don't like using the word no, so it's always, you know what you gotta do, respect my daughter, you respect him, form your boundaries, don't have sex. And you know, they look at you like you're crazy, but they know, they know I'm real. They know, don't do it. We're gonna go and wrap some Christmas gifts after church today. Welcome, my name is Josh. It's great to have you guys at church this morning. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you're a guest of ours this morning, you joined us on a great morning. Uh, we're in the middle of a sex series called Sex Lies. And we've been talking about the different lies, or maybe better word, is just misinformation that we've gathered um, throughout our years. Uh, our, our understanding, the misinformation that's made its way into our understanding of sex. And they can come from anywhere. And not that lies we are in been intentionally lied to, but that maybe we just had misinformation. We've talked about what the church taught me. Last week we talked about what culture taught me. And today we're talking about what my, what my parents taught me. And so the question is, to start off the day, is what did you learn about sex? And what are you teaching the next generation about sex? And so I think there's some common ground. Whether you're a parent in here, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you've had sex, you haven't had sex, we can all kind of come on some common ground with this. And the first thing is, is that we all have parents. We all have parents in this room. Um, we were all adolescents once, some of us a lot longer than others, but uh, we've all been adolescents. And there's been a time in our lives where we didn't know anything about sex. Uh, everyone in this room. And there was a moment when we learned something about sex. Like we can all probably almost remember that moment when we first learned something about sex. See, and, and the truth is, is that our parents helped shape our sexual health and identity. What they taught us helped shape what we believe and what we know today. And maybe there was misinformation in there. Maybe we've had to change some of that information. But it helped shape the journey that we were on when it comes to sex. Now, some of you guys might be going, Josh. My parents didn't tell me anything about sex. I learned nothing. Uh, we saw a testimony a couple weeks ago uh, of someone saying, yeah, my parents never talked about it once. But even in that, their non-information was still information. What you learned was, oh, we don't talk about sex. What you learned was it's not something to talk about. Some of us learned like, oh, don't have sex. It's bad. It's evil. It's wrong. Wait till you're married for it. Right? So we can take this evil, bad, wrong thing into marriage, right? Or maybe we learned, uh, oh, it's a totally okay, have sex as much as you want, and then we bring that into marriage. Whatever it might be, but our sexual identity and health and who we are today was somewhat, was helped shape by our parents. Now, I get our parents didn't shape all of it, but our parents were all uh, the foundation of it. Every parent has a foundation to, uh, is the foundation of their kid's sexual future health. And we all had parents in this room, so we all had them relay that to us in some way or another, whether they didn't talk to us about it or did talk to us about it. But the, the odds are, is what your parents told you is probably what their parents told them. The odds are that there's probably like a generational thread going through your family tree of the talk. Right? You could probably go back like to grandma and grandpa and great grandma and grandpa and great great grandma and grandpa. They had sex. And talk about what they taught their parents. Or what they, I'm sorry, what they taught their children, and then what their children taught their children, and what their it probably is somewhat similar to what your parents taught you. Now I get not everybody in this room, 
but there, there can be changes that have been made. But for the most part, there's probably a similarity of a thread. And, and the fact is that it may have worked back then. What your grandparents told your mom and dad could have worked. But the, the truth of the matter is the talk really hasn't changed throughout generations. And, 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 and in all reality, one thing we're going to talk about this morning is it's time to change the talk. It is time to change the talk. And let me, let me, let me prove that to you. If I was to sit down with my son and say, son, it's, uh, we're going to have a talk. I'm going to teach you about what? I'm going to teach you about what? What do we say? The birds and the bees. That is absolutely correct. Son, I'm going to teach you about the birds and the bees. Do you know where the birds and the bees came from? The, bir- the term the birds and the bees is from a poem written by a man named Thomas Carey. And it was written in 1698. 1698, a man named Thomas Carey wrote a poem called The Spring. And The Spring was comparing the four seasons of earth and comparing it to a woman's sensuality. And in it, there's a term that says, spring awakens the swallow and the humble bumblebee. And he goes on to talk about the chirping and the buzzing and, and the life coming, you know, and that, that awakening is in a woman's sensuality. That is where the term the birds... So from 1698, we've been using the talk, right, the, the term the birds. We've been telling our kids about the birds and the bees since 1698. I think it's time we change the talk. And what worked back then may have worked back then, but it doesn't work today. Because as the talk has not really changed, sexual imagery, sexual ideology, and sexual acceptance has completely changed. And, and you know this. In, ni- in the 1950s, Elvis Presley wanted to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. And so they talked about it, and the Ed Sullivan Show wanted to have Elvis Presley on. But there was uh, uh, something they had to do. They could only film him from the waist up. Because this was just a little too much going on, Right? We are turning the ladies on a little too much with this knee and hip thrusting going on here. We are not going to be seeing those blue suede shoes. Right? And then in the 1960s, there was a little known band who, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, they're called the Rolling Stones. Right? Frontman Mick Jagger. And, and he wanted to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. And so he met with the producers, and the producers said, yeah, you can, you can be on our show, but one thing. See, they were going to sing their new hit single, which was, I want to spend the night with you. And the producer says, you can't use that lyric. You have to change it to, I want to spend some time with you. And I remember I took a music class in school, and I remember actually seeing the video uh, of the Rolling Stones on the Ed Sullivan show. And, and, and Mick reluctantly agreed, and there's a scene where he, where he comes and he says the lyric, I want to spend some time with you. The camera zoomed in on his face, and he gives his big eye rolls, I want to spend some time with you. So stupid. Right, And we've gone from that to where we are today with our music. And I'm not even talking about you know, movies, I'm not talking about internet, I'm not talking about advertisement, strictly even in music, how sexual it is today. So, but we're still using the talk, right? We're still using the birds and the bees. It's time that we change the talk. You see, because the truth of the matter is, is that parents hold the blueprints to their children's sexual identity and health. Just as I said, your parents held your blueprints for your sexual identity and health. All parents hold the blueprints to their children's sexual identity and health. And maybe you're not a parent here, but maybe you are like a godparent. Or maybe you're like a favorite aunt or a favorite uncle. Like we all hold these blueprints to the next generation. See, and the truth of the matter is, the blanks that parents don't fill in. See, we all have these pieces of paper, and I'm watching you all write in and fill in the blanks on this paper. We all have blanks. We all had blanks. Our children all have blanks when it comes to sexual knowledge, understanding. There's all, they all have blanks. 
and they, they're eventually they're going to get filled in. And the things that parents don't fill in will get filled in by somebody else. All the blanks that don't get filled in will eventually get filled in by somebody else. And not even that, but sometimes parents don't give the best advice or information. And sometimes, even as parents, we can give misinformation to our kids. And the truth of the matter is, is that all the blanks that don't get filled in or that get filled in with misinformation will become sexual baggage. All of those blanks that get filled in with misinformation by culture, by, you know, Billy in the back of the bus, by misinformation from mom and dad, those will become sexual baggage. You see, it's a lot like this. Like, this is my understanding of sex and who I am. As, as, as a person, as a human being, like we all, like I said, we all at one point didn't know anything about it and we all have to learn about it. And so this is kind of like my bag. And the truth of the matter is, is that we will fill this pack, we will fill our bag with ideas, with misconceptions and with memories. Those are the sexual baggage, the ideas that we had, the misconceptions that we have and, and, and maybe the memories that we have. Those are the things that become sexual baggage. And they're the untruths about sex that we've allowed to be filled into the blanks. And so, just as an example for that, when I was growing up, um, internet porn wasn't a huge thing because the internet wasn't a huge thing. All right, so fortunately, but then coming into my like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, internet's really taken off, right? Instant message, you could like talk to your friends on their computer all at once. This is crazy. Bloop, bloop, right? And then all of a sudden, something started happening and pop ups, right? We all remember pop-ups. And I remember like checking an email one day. And all of a sudden, like, yes, I want to read this email from my friend. Blah, 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 blah. Porn all over my computer. And instantly, I am seeing things that I did not know. Because for me personally, my parents didn't do a great job in preparing me and filling in those blanks. I remember in fifth grade, we were about to have sex education week at school. And so all the parents knew. So the parents were like trying to like jump ahead of it. Like, oh, better hurry up and talk to my kids before school does. And like my dad sat me down on a bed. He had a book, and his book, like, the art in it and stuff was, like, a, for a five-year-old. And he, like, reads through the book for me. All right, good talk. We had the talk. And that was it. And I remember thinking, this is really awkward. I wish it would stop. And I think I'm a little too old for this book. Right, so that was, I had zero, really, information and understanding. So, so in high school, it's all of a sudden, things started being filled in with those blanks. And I remember getting married, and, I, and I'd seen things on the, on the internet. I'd seen things in movies, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, wait a second. What's happening here doesn't, isn't the same as what I saw and what I knew. A couple weeks ago, someone shared a testimony and said, you know, it's like a 10,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. But I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be this amazing master art piece right off the bat and so all of a sudden I have like um, confusion about even what's going on in my bag and then all of a sudden you know I was not naive enough to think I'd be having sex every day when I got married I was naive to think I was going to be having sex twice every single day when I got married (laughs) right and then and but no one explained to me that that's not reality and then all of a sudden I have like disappointment filling into my bag and then not only that but to be honest with you guys a couple of years after getting married, started to find out that my, my wife, she didn't like sex. It, medically, things were going on. It hurt. It, she wasn't enjoying. We weren't connecting emotionally. We had some issues going on. So all of a sudden, my wife tells me this, and I feel like a failure. No, no one had prepared me that there's going to be ups and downs and rough patches, and, and, and you've you got to work through it. And then not only that, but, but then we have our first child, right? And, and my wife is like pouring all of her affection into our son. And it's awesome for like the first week. 
And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, what about me? And there's nothing there. No one had filled in the blank to talk about, hey, especially with the first child. But, you know, there's new hormones. There's new just learning this motherhood thing and this connecting and bonding. It's going to be a little while. It's okay. It's normal. It's natural. You know, and, 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 and all of a sudden now there's rejection that I'm feeling. See, these blanks never got filled in. And so, and we all have these packs. We all have them filled in with whatever. And then we wear this thing through life. We wear it into our marriage. And even if you're not married, we wear it as singles. These misunderstandings, these misconceptions about sex that become baggage that we wear around. You know, and then we can even pass on these things to our kids. And yours might look different for you. What's in your pack might look different. There can be some huge, heavy stones in there. There can be abuse in there. There can be past memories of mistakes that we've made in there. There can be self-image and self-worth in there. Man, I don't look like the girls do on the screen. I don't look like the guys do on the screen. Guys struggle with self-image just as much. We like to hide it more, but we still struggle with it. See, and so we carry these packs around. And so this morning, as, as, as if you're a parent in this room, and even if you're not a parent, maybe you're going to be a parent someday, and it doesn't matter if you're a grandparent, that we all kind of parent this next generation coming up. So I have four points for us this morning that we're going to walk through. Now, I get they're not the only four points. I get that there's way more to this uh, than just four points. But for, for your sake and time, because and, I could be here all day, and it would be, I'd be having fun. But uh, for your sake, we're going to hit four. So here's point number one. The first thing, when it comes to filling in the blanks with good information to our, to our next generation, to our kids, is you and your spouse have to talk first. That is an absolute must. You and your spouse have to talk first. How can you expect to have good conversation with your child about sex when you can't even talk to your spouse about it? You see, we put these packs on, and we think, especially when we're single, we think that these, these packs are going to go away once we get married. That all of a sudden, all the blanks are going to get filled in, all the misinformation will be corrected, and this pack's going away. But it doesn't. In fact, usually it compiles even more. And it starts to get heavy, like it is right now. And it can even start to crush us a little bit. And so, all of a sudden, when the pack doesn't go away, our next kind of genius option is to, we'll just not talk about it. Right? Pack? What pack? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not wearing a pack. You are crazy, because uh, there is no pack on my back. Right? And we just choose not to talk about it. And in that, we, we turn that into our kids. Well, we don't talk about sex with our kids. So the first point is you have got to talk to yourself. And here's a couple of, of things. When it comes to talking about sex with your spouse, there can be nothing off limits. There can be nothing off limits. Because those things that we make off limits are usually the big, heavy baggage and boulders that we have in our pack. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to bring that back up. That's in the past. No, we need to be able to have healthy conversation about it. Not bringing it up to rub it in their face like we like to do sometimes, but to have a healthy, healing conversation about it. Healthy, healing conversations about our past mistakes, our past misuses of sex. Maybe our struggle with porn. Maybe we talk about what, is, what makes it even harder for us when it comes to porn. Maybe we talk about the things that help us have victory over porn with our spouse. And we don't just talk about the bad things either. We talk about the, hey, that is really working for me, just so you know. I really like that. Keep that up. Or, eh, that's not working for me so much. I know you think it's awesome, but it's not. <laughs> All right. We need to talk about sex with our spouses 
And, it, and for so many married couples, it is such a difficult thing to talk about. The two number one reasons people get divorced are money and sex. And depending on what study you look at, they reverse of which one is more than the other one. Sex and money, money and sex. The two number one reasons, the two most difficult things to talk about in a marriage. We have to talk about this stuff and do it in a healthy way. And, 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 and on this note, and this is not only even for married couples, if you're in a serious dating relationship outside of high school, I know every high schooler thinks that they're in a serious dating relationship and they're going to marry that person someday. But if you're in a serious dating relationship outside of high school, you should be having these kind of conversations too about past mistakes, past mis- excuse me, past misuses. Because you don't want to get married to somebody and all of a sudden going, What? You never told me this. But to have healthy, open conversation about these things, we, it has to start there. So go home and talk today about this stuff. Point number two, it needs to be sooner rather than later when we talk to our kids. People ask me, Josh, what's the perfect age? I don't know. When are your kids going to lose their teeth? Well, I don't know. Exactly. There's a maturity level. You have to know your kids. You have to be able to understand this. But I will say it is probably around the age of eight. It's around. It's sooner rather than later. And here's the thing. You do not want to have to talk to your kids about sex because they've already seen porn. You don't want to have to talk to your kids about sex because they walk downstairs while you're watching that movie and there was a sex scene going on. You want to be able to beat culture to the punch. See, it's better to fill in the blanks with correct information and then when they see something that maybe is culture, the lie that they're seeing, they're going, oh wait, this doesn't match up to what mom and dad taught me versus, oh, what mom and dad are teaching me is not matching up to what I've already learned. We want to be able to fill in the blanks. You know, we'd rather... Instead of trying to correct the wrong information that they get, fill it with the correct information. And then they can learn how to filter those things out. And here's the other thing. Just because you missed the window of teaching your kids about sex for the first time, just because you may have missed that window, you have a kid in junior high, you have a kid in high school, you have a young married that you're a parent of, does not make it too late, does not make you off the hook. I mean, all this stuff, especially when I got married, I wish my parents would have told me. Think about it. If you had a young married son or daughter and you were able to call them up and say, hey, I just want to talk to you about something. You know, I know you're newly married and you've been married for a year and you think you got it all figured out like all young married couples do. I just, there's some stuff that maybe some struggles I had, some struggles your mom had, some struggles we went through together as young marrieds that I wish somebody would have told me and I want to tell that to you. You know, because rough times are coming. There, there, there might be bumps in the road. And your, your child, probably freaking out, going, Mom, Dad, I'm married. Come on, it's, we're a little late for this. But I can guarantee you, if you were to do that, when those times come, they're going to be going, Man, I'm really thankful Mom and Dad had this talk with me. They were right. Like all kids eventually find out that their parents are right. <laughs> and so it's not too late, even if you've missed the op- you know, your first opportunity. Point number three is the talk. It needs to be about the amazing gift of sex. And the truth of the matter is, there's people in here that need to understand that it is an amazing gift because you don't even know that. And, and in Ephesians 5 tells us this, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. He will cling to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. 
I'm talking about Christ and the church. You see, sex is given to us as a gift, not just for uh, procreation, not just for pleasure, but as an as a example of Christ's love for us, that when I am one with my wife, that where one ends, the other begins, that we are bonded together physically, we're bonded together spiritually, we're bonded together emotionally. Right? And it's me sacrificing myself for my wife. My wife's sacrificing herself for me. That is the picture of the church. And that is why Satan hates it so much. And he wants to destroy it. And he wants to destroy you through it. Because it is the picture that God gave us. See, we, our kids need to understand that sex is not a good thing. It's a great thing. But it's not a fantasy of Hollywood. It's a gift from God. You see, it, they need to understand not only that, but it is a powerful powerful gift that God has given us. One of the most powerful things he's given us. Think about it. We have the ability to create life. God creates life. We can create life. See, sex builds. It creates. But it can also tear down and destroy when it's used outside of its context. And that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to tear down and destroy society. He's trying to tear down and destroy your marriage. He's trying to tear down and destroy your kids. And, and his number one tool is sex right now. See, but in, with sex in, in its good context, in the way God created it to be, it can build up and, and create our, my marriage health. It can build up and create my image of God and understanding of him. It can build up and create many things, but it can also destroy outside of this context. That's the message we need our kids to understand. It's not don't have sex is a terrible thing until you get married. It's no, sex is amazing, it's a gift, and it's powerful. And we don't want to misuse the power that sex has. It's within its correct context. You see, for me, I love, I turn into a seven-year-old little boy every Christmas season. I love Christmas. But the thing is, is if I left my Christmas lights up all year round, and I left my tree up all year round, and I listen to Christmas music all year round, Man, Christmas season would mean nothing to me. It wouldn't, I wouldn't get excited for it. It wouldn't bring any joy. It would just be like, it's every day. And, and that's a little bit of the comparison. Now, it's a much greater comparison than that, but that's just an idea that we can help our kids to understand. No, it's not no, because let's be honest. When we tell our kids no, what do they do? They go do the thing we told them not to do. Right? Half of, half of our kids, if we told them go have sex, they would be like, I'm not doing that. Mom and dad told me to do that. Right? But we say no, now it's all awesome. Well, why not? It's pushback. Instead of helping them understand, like Chrissy was saying in her testimony, I understand that it's powerful. It's a gift in its correct context. A... Number four, it needs, to be, it needs to start with everyday conversations with your kids about their lives. The talk needs to happen with everyday conversations with your kids about their lives. If you're not talking to your kids daily about what's going on in their lives, then something needs to change. Now, it, it's, you start it when you're young. right? You need to be in your kid's world. Start when they're young. Man, coming home from school, tell me, what's going on? How was your day? Conversation. You should be in your kid's world. You should know who their friends are. You should know what they're into. You should know what websites they go to. You should know what apps they have on their phone. You should know who they're texting and what they're texting. And I don't mean like hovering parent, like spying on them. But what I am saying is that we have a conversation, that the conversation is open. That our kids should be free to come to us. Now, you might be going, well, Josh, yeah, I wish you would have told me that 15 years ago. There's no, my kids don't talk to me at all now. Well, start something. You're a family. Take control of that. Start conversations daily. 
Man, have, have conversations around the dinner table, and you might be going, well, Josh, we are way too busy to be meeting around a dinner table. Then change that. Then take control back. If our kids are worth fighting for, then it's worth changing our schedules around. And maybe it means that, you know, we have to have dinner a little later because they have soccer practice, you know. Or maybe it means we have dinner a little earlier because they got late practice. But take control of, that, of, the, of your family's schedule and make it priority to talk about things. And, and, and as the, you can talk to them, as they see that they can trust you, then you might be a little surprised at the things that they start talking to you about. You know, and maybe, here's another thing, you don't need to give them all the information at once. If you have a, a five-year-old and you're going to talk to them, they don't need to have all the information at once, Right? We don't need to freak them out. We don't need to overcomplicate the talk, right? We don't need to overcomplicate it. It needs to be simple. It needs to be, and that's, and that's the trick, right? It is no longer a talk, if you haven't caught on to that yet. It's not a talk. It's an ongoing conversation through life. It has to be about an ongoing conversation through life. Use life's opportunities. Use life as a, as a guide, Use life as, a, as, as, the, as the curriculum that you talk about. I mean, you have an aunt who gets pregnant. You've got a close friend who gets pregnant. What a great opportunity to talk to them. If they're very young, three, four, five years old, oh, they have a baby in their tummy. Actually, they have a baby in their womb. You can explain some stuff. Well, how did the baby get there? Man, amazing miracle from God allowed that baby to get there. When they're eight, nine, ten, well, how did the baby get there? I want to talk to you about that. I want to explain that to you. You see, we use life. Man, there's differences between my brother, me and my brother, me and my sister. No, you can't go spend the night at your best friend's house who happens to be a little girl anymore because this. And we can use life as an example to teach our children about sex. See, and when we talk to them about it, they need to know mechanics of it, but it's not just mechanics of it. They need to know how it works mechanically. They need to know how it works spiritually. They need to know how it works emotionally. Because I can guarantee you in school, your teachers are not going, okay, now we're going to talk about the spiritual aspect of sex. Are you guys all ready for this? Let's talk about the emotional side of sex. No, they're not. It's up to us to teach our kids that it is more than just an act. No, they need to know that, that it's mechanical. But they need to know much, much more than that. And so we need to have that conversation with our kids and teach them these things. Again, what's the appropriate age? You decide your kids maturity but sooner than later and another thing that your kids need to know and some of you guys might get a little freaked out on this but your kids need to know that you and your spouse have sex more than just for procreation right we saw a testimony a couple weeks ago where someone was saying yeah i thought in high school i thought my ki- my parents had sex twice once for me and once for my sister Right? They need to understand that it's a gift from God. They need to understand that it's something that, in the correct context, is a wonderful thing. You know, and, and yes, we need to be appropriate about it, but at the same time, we don't want to cower away from that. No, your mom and I never have sex. What are you talking about? We had, well, you, of course we did. Yeah. No, they need to know that it's something for a husband and a wife. And, 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 and see that in context and in, in family values. And so, yeah, they, they do need to know about that. Don't overthink it, like I said earlier. And here's the ne- another point on, on the conversation, not the talk, is don't overreact. Parents, you cannot overreact. If you catch your kid looking at porn, you find their iPod browsing history. They come to you and tell you, Billy told me this. I looked at this on Tommy's iPad over at his house. Right? I saw this in a movie. When we overreact, what we teach our kids is yeah, do a better job of keeping it a secret. 
When we overreact, what we tell our kids is, yeah, don't come to me, go to your friends about this stuff when you have questions. Because when I freak out, see, there's a difference between what are you doing? I caught this on your iPhone. I caught this on your iPad. And you think that, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're a Christian. There's a Christian family. You're losing your, your iPhone from now on. It's gone. Well, what they just learned was, hey, better do a better job hiding that. Versus, hey, you know what? I have to take your iPhone away from you. Because I love you so, so much. This is not healthy. This is not what God intended. This is baggage right here. And we as a family want to walk through this together and get health and healing through this. Totally different. They both, they lost their iPhone in both accounts. But one was an overreaction. And, and we want to be able to have open, honest conversations with our kids. And if we want to have that, we can't overreact to what they go through. Because to be honest, they're going to go through things. To be honest, you should be on social media with your kids. And if you think, yeah, I got it covered. I got a Facebook account. Ain't wrong. Do you know what Twitter is? Do you know what Instagram is? Do you know what Tumblr is? Do you know what these things are? Because you should as parents. And there's a lot of information for you. You have a bulletin right now that is full of um, websites. It's full of apps. It's full of books. Check that stuff out. Great starting place for questions. And I know there's going to be a lot more questions that come in, but that's a great starting place. And here's the last point that I'm going to make with the conversation If your kids ask you stuff, don't assume that that means that they're doing it. Kids, they they get questions. They get curious about things. And they're afraid to come into mom and dad because they're like, well, if I ask how this sex actually works, they're going to think I'm I'm either about ready to do it or I'm already doing it. Now, God created kids to have questions. There are blanks that do need to be filled in. And if we're late to the jump on that, well, then our kids are going to start wondering and they're going to go to some sources. And if you're lucky enough to have them to come to you, don't just assume that that means that they're doing it. You see, we need to start correcting misinformation in our own lives and in the lives of our kids. There's people here that don't have kids. You're single. You, you, you're not married. You know, but you still have misinformation. You still have baggage that you're carrying around. And it's time that we start correcting that information. And to be honest with you, it all starts with the foundation of Jesus. It all starts, the healing all starts with Christ. To get honest, true healing. Because I talk to people, and I know people like, yeah, I'm trying so hard to break this porn addiction. I'm trying so hard to get this, you know, I was abused as a kid. I'm trying so hard. And, and all the counseling and all the stuff in the world, it doesn't heal you and it doesn't forgive you. It can just maybe give you a band-aid over a gaping wound. But when we start with Christ as the foundation, well then, now we can begin somewhere. We can begin a road. And, and yes, sometimes Christ, we can pray and, and, and he can heal us and it's in an instant. But more than likely, more often, it's a road. It's a road we walk down. We come to Christ, and he's like, awesome, let's walk this road together. I know that's what it was for my wife and I. I know when we got to a place that was super seemingly dark in our marriage, and super, super just, I didn't know what was going on, and we came together, and we cried out, and it was forgiveness, it was, it was conversation, and then it was a road that we had to walk down. And sometimes you, that, that road begins with just talking, talking to your spouse talking to a pastor, talking to an accountability group. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it's counseling. We have, we have uh, awesome counselors that go to church that are willing to talk to people. We have awesome counselors that we refer people to and encourage if you need help in that sense. See, it's about a road. It's about a walk. And it starts with Christ. And he wants to walk that road with you. And I'm not naive enough to go, oh, you just give your heart to Jesus and it's all better. Sometimes healing comes that way. But, you know, you can have f- complete freedom and healing from pornography. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But sometimes it's a hard road. You can have complete and freedom in, in, the, in the baggage that you carry, in, in the, the pain and the hurt that you've gone through. You can have complete healing and freedom from that. It is available. Sometimes we think we just have to live with it. But the truth of the matter is you can have healing from it, but it starts with Christ. That's the beginning place, and then it's a road that we walk down from there. It might be many conversations that we have to have down that road, but it is worth walking down. Like I said, you guys have a flyer full of some awesome stuff that I've checked out. I would encourage you guys to check it out. So here's the deal. Today, the conversation needs to start. Today, we need to start removing the baggage that we've carried around our whole lives and feel freedom from us so that we can bring freedom and truth and health to our children. So we can bring freedom and truth and health to the next generation. Let's start by filling in those blank lines and filling them incorrectly. God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for who you are in our lives. I thank you that you came and you died and you gave us freedom from this baggage that we carry around, from this from these, these pains, these hurts, this misinformation that we've had, you have come, come to give us complete freedom from it, God, but it takes us stepping out in faith. It takes action from us. It takes us seeking help. God, and maybe it's not huge bags. Maybe it's just small little misinformation that we've had. Maybe it's little things, God, but that we could have freedom from that, God, so that we can, in return, teach the next generation health. We can teach the next generation correctness when it comes to sex. God, that it is a gift from you, not a curse on man. Lord, I just pray freedom in this room right now as you are even working on people's hearts right now. We thank you, God, and we love you. Amen.